Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Going to have Tim Doyle join us later on this hour. Of course, the former Northwestern Wildcat. We'll talk about the Big Ten tournament with Tim. He doesn't like to talk about his St. John's days that often. I like to bring them up, too. Maybe we get his thoughts <laughs> on the Big East. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten, though, because, uh, you know, it is interesting. It's going to tip off tomorrow in Indianapolis on a Wednesday as they begin the Big Ten tournament. I don't know if you believe the Big Ten has been the best of the uh, of the college basketball conferences this year, but certainly in that discussion, when you look at the matchups and maybe some of the odds here, boy, it's bunched at the top when you have Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, by the way, feels like it's almost being disrespected at seven to one, in my opinion. And then you look at, you got the Wolverines there at 10 to one Rutgers, but they've been a pesky team this year, 12 to one. I mean, you got to keep going to 14 to one just to get through all the teams that I think we believe will be in the NCAA tournament. And this is a deep conference. Eight, nine matchup is Michigan against Indiana, 10 to one, 14 to one. Wes, how do you even begin to break down this tournament? Yeah, and that matchup, you were talking about the 8-9 matchup on Thursday. That's a loser-leave-town match for Indiana, especially Michigan. Might have gotten more on the right side of the bubble with that nice win at Ohio State, especially without their big guy, Hunter mm-hmm. Dickinson, the win in Columbus there on senior day for Ohio State. That probably, I think, works in Michigan's favor. Michigan, by the way, Jawan Howard is going to be back on the bench. The suspension will be served for the game against Indiana. Indiana, it is it is a win or go to the NIT situation for Indiana. They have got to beat Michigan. They may need to, but I think when you look at the strength or the weaknesses that were of that bubble, Indiana, after all of this, may just need one win to get in the uh, NCAA tournament. So as an alum, it's like, do anything. Do anything. Just win one. All of these bid stealers you've been able to dodge because Murray State won the Ohio right. Valley. Had they not, they might have gotten two bids out of that league. We saw on Sunday at Arch Madness for the Missouri Valley Tournament, Loyola Chicago might have gotten an at-large had they not beaten Drake. So that could have got two bids. So you've been dodging like all of these bullets. BYU pretty much, I think, got knocked out of consideration on Saturday, losing to San Francisco. So all these teams, some of them are starting to go by the wayside. Some of these teams are going to play their way out some of these teams are going to play their way in and if you're Indiana 
all you have to do pretty much, I think, to perhaps be just mm. inside, you know, that last four in, which means you'd be in Dayton on a Tuesday or a Wednesday to play in those first four games is beat Michigan. So for a Big Ten tournament standpoint, Indiana is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten tournament. I do not recommend that you Ooh. bet them to win this Big Ten tournament. I think they're 13 and 23 lifetime in the Big Ten tournament. They've made the final exactly once, and that was uh, over 20 years ago in 2001. So Oof. just the horrors, and maybe that's me being a fan and alum and following this program. Indiana is not one of your value teams down there. So the team I actually wanted to bet on for the Big Ten tournament, I was hoping they weren't going to be the favorite considering they are the three seed. I think maybe this is where Purdue looks like such a weak favorite because they, they were expected to win the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. They do not. Illinois and Wisconsin share it. Illinois does get the one seed. Uh, Wisconsin gets the two seed. So you could look at that 3-2 matchup if everything holds the form and the better seed wins. You could get like a 3-2 matchup. Remember, Purdue did get swept by Wisconsin. Right. So are you going to be able to beat Purdue three times? We shall see. If you're betting that angle, by the way, ATS, it's about 51% since like 1990. So, you know, don't overdo that. <laughs> oh, it's tough to beat a team three times it because does happen. the numbers uh, don't indicate that, that it is. I mean, you see a lot of that. You saw it last night with uh, Chattanooga over Furman. So beating a team and covering obviously are two different things, but I haven't bet any futures yet. I just haven't liked the numbers here in the big 10. I kind of think Purdue is going to win this tournament, but I kind of didn't want to bet plus 250 right. necessarily. So this may be one where I stay out of it. If I guess if I'm looking for a little bit of value, maybe Michigan State uh, uh, 14 mm. and one Michigan State, their first game, they'll get Maryland. Right. And they did beat Maryland in the season Thumped finale, them. seven to 10. So you, I got to think. Perhaps they could do it again. Then they would get a two seed being Wisconsin and they beat Wisconsin in the Cole center. And Tom Izzo is one of the few guys in the big 10 that have kind of matched up really well against Wisconsin over the years. So if you're going with the middle shot, that's not one of the chalks. I'd say Michigan state. I feel like you've got nine bids coming out of this conference. It feels like it out of the big 10. I'm putting in your Hoosiers right now. Win, lose, draw against Michigan. Can we get you on the committee because of what you said though, because there's not a lot of bid stealers so far, right? So it's gone to form, which is always good news for bubble teams out there. So look, you don't want to give a team points for a loss, but I do think the the Purdue game, which Indiana had every shot to win mm -hmm. on the road. Maybe people in the committee look at that. I test it and say, all right, they didn't win, but can we give, give them some points for losing? It does depend. You can't go out and get blown out by Michigan and Juwan Howard's comeback game. That might be a well, problem. For I, the I'm going to disagree slightly. I think they have to beat Michigan. Okay. And Michigan right now, I think the early line I've seen is two on this game, or at least the projected line. I'm not sure if it's up at a lot of stores. Maybe a couple have them up. This game, by the way, we're talking about is going to be Thursday morning. Mm. First game in Indianapolis on that card in the second day of the Big Ten tournament, but I think they have to beat Michigan to get in the tournament. Michigan really handed it to Indiana in the regular season meeting. That, that, remember, that was the game on Sunday after that Thursday night game oh, yeah. where Indiana beat Purdue. Rob Finnessy, the Lafayette kid, hits the shot to beat the Boilermakers, and, and they rushed the floor in Assembly Hall. <laughs> they had broken like a nine-game losing streak to Purdue, so... You know, they, they kind of, you could tell they were a little bit out of gas yeah. on Sunday, and Michigan absolutely took it to them. Now, the thing about Michigan, 
obviously monitor Hunter Dickinson's status. He did not go in the last mm. game. And then just the whole dynamic of Jawan coming back, whether, you know, I, I don't want to think it would be a distraction necessarily because, look, he's the guy that recruited all these mm-hmm. kids. But, you know, if Hunter Dickinson doesn't go for Michigan, that's obviously a very good thing for Indiana. He was out with illness, so it's not necessarily an injury, but obviously monitor that status. I mentioned that we're going to have Tim Doyle coming up here at the bottom half of the hour. He also played at St. John's. They are the a very deep long shot to win the Big East tournament right now. We're seeing about 29 to 1 uh, for the Johnnies, 28, 29 to 1 in that uh, area. Villanova, the odds on favorite at plus money to win the Big East tournament. UConn would be the second choice at 4-1. to one. And then Providence has been a very interesting team here uh, throughout the season. So at least for old people like me, it's good to see three traditional Big East Blue Bloods mm-hmm. uh, back up at the top of this board here with Marquette coming in at fourth at 7-1 and then Creighton and Seton Hall coming in there. What do you make of this? Because I, I guess we're looking at Five bid league here, uh, maybe six. I think you can make an estimate for right, and then after that, it feels like long shot central. Are there any live dogs behind the Seton Hall line of twelve to one? Yeah, I think Villanova, UConn, Providence, Marquette, Creighton, Seton Hall, relatively safe in the tournament. Xavier is going to be the bubble boy here, mm. and, and and Xavier has been really fading down the stretch. They, I think, consensus would be like one of the last four. And I know they beat Georgetown, but look, Georgetown went 0-19 in the Big East this year, the worst team. that <laughs> 250 they to one for the Hoyas. Yeah, yeah, no interest, no, <laughs> no interest in that one. Uh, they, they're not going to make the run like they no. did last year. But uh, Xavier, by the way, is in that first game tomorrow in the 8-9 matchup against Butler. Xavier, I think if they lose that game, they are out of the NCAA tournament. Mm. They are not going to go. They just played poorly down the stretch. I know had a couple injuries as well, but you know, I, I just, you know, whoever wins that game though, you get a Providence team. And we talked about it just briefly with Will Hill at the end of the last hour, this Providence team has won every single close game, My this goodness. Year, every single overtime game. I think they're like three and oh, in overtime, they've won like 10 or 11 games by five points or less, Amazing. which is uncanny. So, you know, maybe that's going to be a danger game. Whoever gets out of that eight, nine game between Xavier and Butler. So, uh, you know, Villanova, the favorite, and I know Villanova didn't win the conference, but I think that they are the best team in the big East. However, a team I might be looking at, and usually, you know, them for offense, hmm. But what you really should know them for is defense this year because they're number one in defensive efficiency in the Big East, and that's the Creighton Blue Jays. Oh, wow. Who have had to play a little bit differently. They're usually a team that you can get what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you can operate your offense how you want against this team. But this year they have been really good defensively. And and Creighton, I think, has come up big against some very good teams. Uh, uh, They did beat Villanova. Now Villanova paid them back big time in the rematch. But this is a team that has beaten Marquette. This is a team that swept Connecticut. Uh, this is a team that, you know, has got a lot of real, uh, really good wins this year. I believe they swept St. John's as well. So Creighton is on that 4-5 line, uh, and they'll get Marquette there in the first round. So that would be, and I have not bet this yet, but – Anything in the mid-double-digit range on Creighton, that might be a team I'd be looking at. Very quickly, let's go to the SEC, because I want to get your thoughts there. Kentucky is the favorite at plus 175. Auburn, plus 260. Number one team in the country from the majority of the year, but yet the betting public still thinks that the the Wildcats are the team to back here instead of War Eagle. Tennessee at at, uh, over $3, and then Arkansas uh, is 750, plus 750 here. LSU, Alabama, you're getting better numbers here, 12 and 14 to 1, 4 to the long shot of 40 to 1 and beyond. 
What do you make of that? That that is this a slight disrespect to Auburn, or just hey, these are blue bloods in Kentucky, and we know they're still the best team in the well, SEC. Well, number one, Kentucky always brings the most fans to whatever yeah, venue, true. and this year it's in the Amelie Arena down in Tampa, Florida. So Kentucky, it's going to depend. They're the best offense in the conference. Is Ty Ty Washington going to be healthy? They got mm-hmm. Xavier Wheeler back. If Washington is going to be healthy, he's the guy that makes them go. I think Kentucky is the best team in the conference, despite the fact that they lost to Auburn and didn't win the regular season SEC. If you're going a little bit down the board, you know, maybe maybe Alabama could be worth a look, but they're so erratic. But they're a team, the look, they can get there. out in the first round yes. or they can run through this thing. So if I was looking a little bit down the board, it'd be Alabama. But I have trouble getting past that top four there. Yeah, it's really good. And talk about, again, maybe the Big Ten overall depth is the best. But, boy, you look at some of that chalk there in the SEC. They've got talent galore at the upper echelon of that conference. All right, when we come back, let's talk a little bit more. Some conference finals games that we'll get into and other tournaments getting ready to kick off. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger-licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Maybe Wes Reynolds and myself will have one after the show here on the Lombardi line. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. (laughs) The remix to ignition. It's pretty good. I like the way you did that. Uh, Very quickly, you're hearing some breaking news here coming off. Uh, We're hearing that maybe the Dallas Cowboys are in the business of restructuring some deals. Mm -hmm. One of them might catch your attention because it's Dak Prescott's deal. So apparently they have restructured his deal and future Hall of Famer Zach Martin's deal on the offensive line. They did slap the tag on Dalton Schultz. It's going to make $11 million to play tight end this year for the Dallas Cowboys again. But I wonder when you see that in the restructuring, you got to do these things when you're well over the cap like the Cowboys are. You know, is it just for Dalton Schultz or do you think there's any way those Cowboy fans want to know? if Amari Cooper can come back into the fold. Well, I mean, you're going to get a lot of free agency movement, I think, out of this team and uh, seeing what they could do. Because, look, Dallas, I don't think, uh, even though it ended kind of with the thud against the 49ers in the, in the wildcard round of the playoffs, that this is a team that's not, I think, really that far away. I think the NFC, even with Rodgers' return, and now, of course, they moved down from 16-1 to 1 to 10-1 to 1 on mm-hmm. the futures market, including here at BetMGM. But I still think we think that the NFC is wide open because we look, we got to think that Tampa Bay is going to fall a little bit without TB12 there. The Rams uh, look like they're going to keep the band together at least for one more year. So I think they would be the favorite, but I don't think that they would be the clear cut favorite. So you got Dallas right there in the mix. You 14 to one. You have Green Bay there right in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also, I believe, uh, you know, you've got to see a couple other situations. What's going to happen with Kyler Murray out in Arizona mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. San Francisco, you got to think they are likely to turn it over to Trey Lance, you would think, as the uh, you know second-year quarterback wherever Jimmy G ends up getting traded. So you've got a wide-open uh, NFC right now. So why not Dallas? Very interesting. And some numbers there. The defending Super Bowl champion Rams are 4-1 to to win the NFC again next year. The Packers, you mentioned them. Of course, the big news at the top of the show today, 
Aaron Rodgers is back for four years in Green Bay. They are plus 450. Uh, we're seeing the Niners uh, just about $5, a little bit over that in most shops here uh, to go ahead and do that. But that would be interesting with Trey Lance. Feels like maybe that's a little bit misvalued in the Cowboys there, again, with this news of the restructuring of some contracts, plus 650. Those are the shortest favorites right now on the board in the NFC. But I can certainly understand why if you're a Packer backer, you feel a lot better about that number today than you did yesterday with that news of Aaron Rodgers. Let's go back to college basketball now, Wes, and I want to get your thoughts on a couple games. And we'll start off in the West Coast Conference with the final today, tonight, between St. Mary's and the Zags. Now, the Zags, if you back them last night, you had a late about 12, I think it was. Mm-hmm. They were up 20 against the Dons of San Francisco at halftime. But they didn't cover that number. So now you get into the case of did they sleepwalk in that second half to really look ahead to St. Mary's today, and they're going to have to lay another big number. And they laid it. It was only, it got as high as 14-and-a-half uh, for Gonzaga last night. Did not cover that number. And now looking about 13-and-a-half tonight against the Gales. What do you make of the Zags? Kind of like – we coasted in the second half against San Francisco because we didn't need to put the right. wood to them. They were up by 24, and by the way, the Dons were uh, very shorthanded. They had their big guy, Masalski, did not play last night. I still think San Francisco probably is in as an at-large. So, look, uh, you're going to get three bids. Santa Clara made a valiant effort, almost came back. They got inside the number for me, so I was proud of the Broncos' <laughs> effort last night. But Santa Clara looks head to the NIT. So, probably three bids. Both these teams clearly are going to be in, Gonzaga and St. Mary's tonight. And if you looked at that last game, Gonzaga was going for an undefeated regular season campaign in the WCC. It's always hard to go undefeated in the regular season and conference play. And look, St. Mary's had a really good game plan and you got to give credit to Randy Bennett. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're very familiar with each other, but they reduced the transition rate because that's what you have to do with Gonzaga. And that's why they're so damn efficient offensively is because they can get up and down. If you get a turnover, they are run and go. I went to the game when they played against UCLA at the T-Mobile Arena here in town. That game was over in about the first eight minutes. You knew it was done because it's like they were so fast getting up and down the floor in transition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because you don't think, okay, Gonzaga, they're a team that can overwhelm you athletically. They actually overwhelmed UCLA in that game. But, uh, you know, they St. Mary's uh, did the uh, transition defense, held Gonzaga, I think, to .76 points per possession in transition offense. uh, And Gonzaga was averaging like 1.16. So obviously that is a huge drop. Uh, But one of the things that St. Mary's really did in that last matchup in Moraga is they limited Gonzaga at the rim. You know Gonzaga can score at the rim with obviously the freshman phenom Chad Holmgren and also with Drew Timmy. But Gonzaga only .98 points per possession at the rim compared to 1.3 all season. But, uh, you know, St. Mary's had a very tough game last night. They had to hang on against Mm -hmm. Santa Clara. They were up kind of like – 13, 15 in that range. Santa Clara kept kind of slowly crawling back in. It was actually a one possession game down the stretch. Uh, Santa Clara was unable to get the tie at the end. They actually had a shot down one miss foul. St. Mary's makes two foul shots. Santa Clara basically has a prayer from half court of like three seconds that went unanswered. But you look at St. Mary's, how smart they are, and they're never out of position defensively. They usually are able to slow down the game, and I think that they were able to do that in both games with Gonzaga, one win and one loss. Of course, the win in the regular season finale. But I would have to think that Gonzaga having that loss and having the fact that 
that regular season got spoiled, even though they did win the regular season championship. But you don't go undefeated. I would add that they, you're going to get a ticked off zag bunch. Ooh. However, when you when you look at the number here, 12 and a half, it's probably going to get bet accordingly. Keep in mind all this stuff that you know and all the stuff that we're going through with these angles, you know, maybe payback or mm-hmm. quote unquote revenge spot for Gonzaga tonight. That's priced in the number. So you're already paying the tax. So don't think that these numbers are necessarily going to be off. These numbers are pretty accurate, but if I had to Gonzaga, but I don't know if I really want to weigh 12 and a half to one of the better defensive teams in the country and a very good coach in Randy Bennett. So this might be an in play or just a watch and enjoy tonight. You know, it is amazing that we live in a world where you just said without even raising an eyebrow that this is a three, three bid league. In the West Coast Conference, think about the emergence of that conference. And it very easily could have been a four if if, uh, if BYU was able to get another win or two down the stretch. I mean, that's we're getting close to ACC territory. I mean, we're just saying if you really want to look at these conferences, it is amazing the level of competition that we're starting to see in the WCC uh, that we just never expected w- would develop the way it has in the last couple. Of decades. By the way, some money hitting the board currently on Gonzaga, starting to see some thirteens out there. Let's get to uh, the Summit League Championship final between North Dakota State and South Dakota State tonight. And right now, this one opened up with uh, South Dakota State uh, laying about five in this number here. What do you make of the Summit League final tonight? Yeah, I'm hoping it's Northern Kentucky. I do have that future. We talked about this with William Hill. I know he is on the Norse as well. Just a, a, a really effective zone that these guys run. Uh, Darren Horn's guys, they they beat IPFW, or not IPFW, it's now known as Purdue Fort Wayne. And that team had won 11 in a row, and they completely had them flummoxed with this zone. I mean, Fort Wayne, you know, they were having to throw up like prayer and like YOLO shots and shots <laughs> at odd angles. And, you know, Northern Kentucky was able to do that. Yeah. And, and, and Northern Kentucky did win the two meetings this year. Uh, you know, tough prep, at least on a back-to-back now, back-to-back nights for these teams playing. So Northern Kentucky zone uh, had beaten Wright State zone offense, even though that has improved a little bit down the stretch. Wright State a little bit of a better rebounding team than are the Norse, but I think Darren Horn and his guys get it done here. I'm not going to lay it because I've already got plus 350, so Mm -hmm. why would I lay points when I'm already getting plus 350? So it's kind of like you let it ride here a little bit. Very quickly, let's go to the Mac in the final minutes before we take a break. Tim Doyle is going to join us in the other half of a very short break. Let's talk about Ryder against Manhattan in this one, and then we'll get it to Canisius and Fairfield. Ryder right now opened up, a, again, a team six games under 500 in the regular season. Laying a point against uh, Manhattan 15 and 14. What do you make of this number today? Yeah, this is the uh, first round of this uh, MAAC tournament, so uh, just just looking at these games, it is uh, Ryder and Manhattan. Uh, Steve Masiello, a mm-hmm. former Patino protege, is the coach there. Split in the regular season meetings, that Manhattan uh, uh, won or actually won the overtime meeting, eighty-four to seventy-eight. So. No real play for me. I think one is about right with Ryder, so it was right on my number, so I passed. Canisius against Fairfield. Again, Canisius nine games under 500 in the regular season. Fairfield three games under. They are Fairfield two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, total sitting right around 133. Fairfield, by the way, the under is 4-0 in their last four games overall. Do you have a lean to a side or a total here? Fairfield did sweep Canisius in the regular season. Uh, one of them did go to overtime, 80-76 to in the final score. Uh, just just looking at this, obviously, two very even teams here. Fairfield, uh, you said, what were they, a two-and-a-half-point favorite? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I a small lean to Canisius here for me. Canisius has won three in a row. Okay. They won at Quinnipiac. They did beat Marist at home and beat Siena at home. So if I had to, small lean with the Golden Griffins. All right, so there we are as we get you covered for the madness as it continues in the tournaments uh, as we get ready for the real big dance next week. Can't believe it's already going to be upon us in a week from today with the first four in. All right, when we come back, let's talk to Tim Doyle. Talk all things college basketball as we gear up to see who's going to be in, who's going to be out, Maybe if his alma mater, Northwestern, could shock some people. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full-court bracket betting coverage starting this Sunday with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The VEASAN college hoops experts include Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. We're going to analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with the VEASAN college hoops experts on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside another one of those experts, Wes Reynolds, right here. We are at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. You know I don't play favorites. But when we have Tim Doyle on the program, I get a little bit excited because I don't know if you know this, Wes. Tim Doyle was once voted, this is true, best hair in the Big Ten. Timmy, how did you win that award exactly? <laughs> you know, I remember it. Uh, hi, Wes. Hi, Dave. Uh, the marketing director came in from Northwestern. She said, we're going to be bad this year. I said, yeah, we're going to be really bad. She goes, what do you think the angle is? I go, how about this up top? And she goes, <laughs> What can we say? I go, how about the best hair in the Big Ten? Next thing you know, Wes and Dave, it's all over every bus in the city, every train in the city. It's the first time ever in Northwestern history they actually had to reorder more schedule cards because I was going out to bars, passing them out like they were business cards. And he goes, hey, come on, do a game. <laughs> Absolutely amazing, Tim. Let's talk about your cats a little bit as we look ahead to the Big Ten tournament. 66 to 1 to be an extreme long shot, obviously, to win this. We think it might be a nice bid conference as we look ahead to the big tournament next week. First of all, you know, I was talking with Wes uh, during the commercial break here, the job that Chris Collins has done there at your alma mater. Hey, you did go to the NCAA tournament. It's a loaded, loaded conference. Where do you look at Northwestern before they get ready to tip off in this conference in their standing? You know, this is the Northwestern team, Dave, that went to East Lansing and beat the Spartans. So who's Michigan State this year? I don't know. They're probably going to be a first round exit, but they are a tournament team. And I was at the game at Evanston with my seven-year-old son, mm -hmm. Chicago Joe. And I thought talent wise, they lost that game at Evanston one in the East Lansing. I thought talent wise, they were as talented as Michigan state. They have just lost so many games down the stretch. And I believe they have the talent to easily beat Nebraska. I see that they're five point favorite over the Cornhuskers. How about the old Freddie Hoiberg gets a vote on vote of confidence. All of a sudden his team Whoa. can't lose a game. I, I think Northwestern, I don't love laying points. And I actually think conference tournaments are the hardest thing to bet in all sports betting because you don't know who's motivated. You know, is Gonzaga really motivated? You know, like 
I'm looking at some of the games. It's great to back because you got like early starts and <laughs> Clemson's playing BC. Nobody cares. Like, but like, how do you figure out who's motivated at this point during the season? I think it's really hard to handicap. But as far as Northwestern and the job, I think next year he's going to have to get to the tournament or else, you know, his Whoa. seat's going to be very hot. And uh, uh, Tim, Dave was probably being generous. I want Dave on the selection committee because he said nine teams from the Big Ten. So that would mean my alma mater, the Indiana Hoosiers, would be in. But I think Thursday is a loser-leave-town match for Indiana. I personally think that they at least have to beat Michigan to get in the NCAA tournament. Michigan, I'm seeing the line now, minus two for that early Thursday morning game. What do you make of Michigan and Indiana? And if Indiana does win that game, do you think that they're in the field of 60? You know, they played Purdue really close, lost that game. Rutgers really close, lost that game. Wes, how painful was the loss at Ohio State where you're up by four yes. with oh. a minute left? You know, like, they didn't cover that game either. It went to overtime. It was one of those games that went to overtime and you knew if you had the dog, you were going to lose. The it's underdog like the goes feeling. to die. Ah, it's like, yeah, it just happened the other night with the Pelicans and they it went to overtime with the Nuggets. You just knew they were going to fall apart in that game. Uh, eyeball test talent-wise, are they one of the best 68 teams? I believe they are. Obviously, they've played a lot of teams close. They have enough done, in my eyes, if they beat Michigan. Now, Juwan Howard's going to be back on the sidelines. Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein. I'm sorry, Phil Martelli. He's going to go back to being the assistant coach. So um, I, I agree with you, Wes. I think one more win and they're safely in because you don't know how those other leagues are going to kind of shake out. And if someone steals a bid, but one more win, I think they're safe, Dave. All right. Tim Doyle does a great job, obviously, in CBS Sports and traveling the country, watching a lot of these college basketball teams in person. I want to get to your other team. I don't know what your shirt says there. I see what you're doing. Uh, St. John's. I know you don't talk about your St. John's days very often. It's all about Northwestern and the Big Ten. <laughs> Timmy, what, what do you look at the Big East tournament? Okay. Is it Villanova or bust for you? Do you think maybe the Johnnies or some other teams that could surprise as we get ready to go in Madison Square Garden? Yeah, let me go through my notes here because uh, with all the transfers, it is really hard to stay on top of what even conference you're talking about. You know, obviously the Big East goes through the Villanovas and the Providence of the world, and that is, you know, how the seeds would shake out, the highest seeds would play each other. But let me give you a little bit of a live long shot here in Marquette. Ooh. Justin Lewis is a six foot seven, 245 pound. They say he's a freshman, but he's really a second year player. And he had 28 against St. John's. He was four of seven from three. Here's what I like about Marquette. I mean, destroyed Providence in January, 88-56. Then they go to Providence. You're expected them to get whacked in that game. They lose by two. Played Villanova twice. Beat Villanova twice. Mm. Now, they got Creighton in the first round. Creighton's missing their point guard, Ryan Nemhart. You know, that's going to be like a two or three-point game uh, spread-wise. But get by that game, and then they got Providence. Like, they're not scared of anybody. And if you've watched the Big East this year, you know, it seems like anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But the fact that this team has had success against Providence, success against Villanova, and I'm getting value as far as where they are winning the Big East Conference seven Tournament. 7-1. To 7-1. Yeah, I mean, why not? Tim, let me ask you about kind of the real bubblicious team in this Big East, and that's Xavier, who a few weeks ago it looked like, okay, this team's going to clearly be in the tournament after they beat UConn. Then they lose five in a row, got a little gift in the end, uh, getting Georgetown, who went 0-19 in Oof. the Big East. But 18-12, and they're in the 8-9 game against Butler, first game on Wednesday night up there in the Garden. If Xavier loses that game, do you think that they have played their way out of the NCAA tournament? 
Yes, and I would not lay five and a half in that game. Both those teams have very, very long history. You go back to Thad Mata. He was uh, the head coach at both of these schools. They know each other. They're familiar with one another. Uh, Laval Jordan, you know, he knows the Xavier program inside and out. His very close friend was Joel Cornette, who passed away mm. about five or six years ago. And, you know, they all have Xavier Butler ties. That's going to be a game that goes right down to the wire because those programs know each other so well. I would take the dog in that spot, you know. It's always been an underdog story with Dave Ross, Wes. I'll tell you one night we were going out <laughs> in the city after work, right? We work, said, let's go grab a beer after work. I said, sure, okay. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, right? And as we're going there, he shoots me a text. He goes, hey, a friend's going to meet us. This is true. Oh, oh, oh okay. So uh, we get to the bar, and all of a sudden, he's on a full-blown date, Wes. Like a date, like, oh, they're like cheersing. And I'm across the bar. So I figure out that Dave has a tab going. So all of a sudden I go, hey, you guys want to drink over there? All of a sudden I'm buying drinks like I'm Lori Lightfoot, like I'm the mayor of Chicago. <laughs> I, am, I am buying drinks back and forth. I look over, Dave is in a full-blown makeout, right? But who cares? Now I'm having a ball. He goes, he turns to me, he goes, hey, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. I said, Dave, go enjoy yourself. He gives the bouncer who had like a little pocket in his shirt, he gave him like 10 bucks. He like slid it in there. He goes, don't spend that anywhere special. And like hit him on the chest. And then in 1991 was one of the great sporting events of all time. Jimmy Connors upset Aaron Crickstein at the U.S. Open. And when Ross was leaving the bar, Wes, he gave everybody the Jimmy Connors to everybody in the crowd while he was leaving. So that has stuck with me for the rest of my life. Although the next day he goes, man, my bill was really expensive. Oh, it was ridiculous. Said, yes. It was like a $400 tab. You were buying the whole city of Chicago drinks that night, Ross. It's all true. I had no idea. But, Timmy, I did do the Jimmy Connors. And every time we see that gif, it always makes me laugh. Uh, very quickly, only got a couple minutes to go, Tim. Uh, Duke is the overwhelming favorite to win the ACC. How many bids is this conference going to get? And how good is the ACC? Oh, that's all I can say about the <laughs> ACC. Uh, right? I mean, how many people were like, oh, let's just throw Duke money line in there last game in oh. our parlay because there's no way they're going to lose at home coach K's last game how about North Carolina guys they haven't lost since February 16th and they're getting great guard play Caleb Love RJ Davis like I wouldn't want to face North Carolina because you know the the strength of them is on the inside with Baycott and obviously a guy like Manic could stretch the floor how many bids is the ACC going to get if I set the bids at two and a half I would oh. go over um West is probably diving into. I feel like West is like Allen from The Hangover. Like this is the time of year he starts staring at the numbers, like the Nets, <laughs> the strength of schedules. Like he's just like, like I, I see Jerry Palm. I don't know why a bracketologist needs like a graduated cylinder, but I just see him like pouring stuff in. He's like, oh, if they win and if they lose, and then we could have a real, real mix up there in the tournament. How in the world could the ACC possibly get? At Maybe the same number, if not less, bids than the WCC, Timmy. This is the day and age. Maybe the mid-major is forever dead. I mean, maybe if you're talking about two and a half bids and West says the WCC is going to get three, I never thought we'd see this day. I, you know, when I played in the Big East and in the Big Ten, we always considered the ACC to have the best players. Like, they just had the most talent. They had the best players. So, um, you know, my last ACC game was against Duke at the Garden. Coach K. We knocked them off. And afterwards, I walked out of the car. I was dating a supermodel at the time that I still stalk on Facebook. And I said, I got to get out of here. I'm not playing at all, Ross. <laughs> Transferred to Northwestern. And the rest, as they say, is history. Tim Doyle, follow him. Tim Doyle, zero, zero, the best. Come on back. It's Little Party Line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. That's all true, by the way.
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over... 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And oh my goodness, Wes. We were talking with Tim Doyle, talking college basketball. We go to break and we... In the break, you say, oh, I think we've got a new topic that we're going to have to discuss because we have what we call breaking news in the business. Yeah, I don't think that we have the music, so I'll do the uh, old uh, world news tonight. This is breaking news, people. And what do you have? It's this breaking news. Remember when I said at the beginning of the program that the Denver Broncos maybe buy on the dip with this team? 25 to 1. Because this is a good defense, and this is also a team that, look— They were going to get a quarterback, some kind of quarterback. I didn't expect it was going to be this quarterback. Uh, This per Adam Schefter of ESPN, also Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network has confirmed. Russell Wilson is being traded to the Denver Broncos. I do not have the particulars on what is going back to Seattle. We'll probably maybe be able to get that by the end of the program. But uh, Russell Wilson going to be the new quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Recall that that drifted as high to Mm -hmm. to 25-1. It is probably being moved downwards as we speak uh, because uh, we knew that Denver was going to need a quarterback. And look, when you're in a division in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and oh, by by the way, this Derek Carr guy is not too. bad for the Las Vegas Raiders. Playoff uh, team. Man, this is loaded. And when oh Denver, you were looking at being fourth in the division without a quarterback. So Russell Wilson going to be wearing orange, blue, and white for the Denver Broncos. Absolutely stunning news. And again, at the top of the show, we let off with Aaron Rodgers. Four years, $200 million to stay in Green Bay. We talk about how that number got shorted in the futures market right there. This is not coincidental. It's exactly what Wes and I were discussing at the top of the show, that the domino effect, the quarterback carousel, now takes form. Because once you knew that A.A. Ron was going back to Green Bay, well, that was Denver's number one option with mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett as the new head coach in Denver with the relationship he had with Rodgers. So then they go, well, what are we going to do? We went through the draft picks at the top of the show. Not sexy. And with a defense that's ready made right now in Denver, at least that's what Vic Fangio has left, Hackett went out there and said, we can make a deal for Russell Wilson? Mm Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel, here we go. You know, I, I laugh about this, Dave, because, of course, we're, you know, we get that this is March, you know, every time we get a buzzer beater, and this is that time of year for college basketball where the sports betting world uh, goes to the NCAA tournament. And the the NFL, look, uh, love, or, love or hate the shield, you have to appreciate wow. the brilliance of the NFL. I mean, look, you have the Calvin Ridley story yesterday, and all of a sudden, that's not, that's literally yesterday's news, yes. but that seemed like 
Like that happened like a month ago now with Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay and now Russell Wilson on the move to the Denver Broncos. So uh, the NFL, look, it's an NFL world, as they say in the commercial, 24-7, 365. And that's why they rule the roost in terms of the betting market, in terms of the television ratings, because even now with all of this college basketball going on, what's topic A in the sports world? It is the National Football League. You know, some price is already coming off the board, literally in the, in the time that we've been doing this segment. Now, Russell Wilson's 31, 30 to 1 to win the MVP next year in Denver, okay? But right now, again, 25 to 1 was an hour ago for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. And I thought you gave great advice because the rest of the team was still in place. We knew they were going to get a quarterback. We didn't know it would be this quarterback. This isn't no disrespect to Jimmy G or any of the other guys out there that are going to be This moved. is the big domino. This is the big domino now. So now he is off the board. My question is, what surprises me here from a macro sense, by the way, in Seattle is 16-1 to to win the NFC. Well, that number is going to go in the other direction mm-hmm. after this news, is that Pete Carroll's coming back. And so to me, I was led to believe they're going to run this back with Pete and Russ in the front office and try it one more time. No. It's done. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson now will begin act number two of his NFL career in the Mile High City. And this changes everything. It's going to change your future's odds, certainly in the NFC, because it's one less great quarterback you're going to have to contend with. Yeah. And certainly in the AFC, I know we all love, want to anoint the Buffalo Bills, and so do I. Like, they're the next – Patrick Mahomes is still in Kansas City, and the, 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 the Chargers still have an elite young quarterback in Justin Herbert. And now all of a sudden you get Russell Wilson in Denver. That really throws a monkey wrench into teams that we just assume will be next. It does. And look, uh, with Russell Wilson last year, it was a down year not only for the team but for him personally. I think it was probably that he came back from his injury a little bit too early because if you look late in the season, all of the numbers improved. When, when, you know, weeks 10 through 15 were his worst weeks of the season, and mm-hmm. that's what led them to being bounced out of any type of playoff contention. But week 16 through 18, he kind of looked like he was getting back here. So you're probably getting a very motivated quarterback that's out to prove, hey, I still have it here, and and I can lead this team. I can lead the Denver Broncos to the promised land, and the Denver Broncos are such an interesting team as well because who's going to be the owner of that team because that team is being put up for sale by the Bowling Trust. I'm sure Mike Pritchard on Betting Across America, he's got as good of insight into the Denver Bronco organization as anybody, so the bids are being you know put together. Who's going to buy the Denver Broncos? Well, all of a sudden, you got a, a more valuable franchise with a a true franchise quarterback. It's amazing to us. I'm scouring the earth right now and at most places as we speak you can get, not get a number right now in futures for the AFC West. You can get every other division. Mm-hmm. You can't get the West right now because of this news today. Yeah, they don't these books don't have to leave it up. They're they're taking it off to adjust the number. Look, uh that's why I always say and I said it earlier in the program, it is a race to the number because we get the information at the exact same time now as betters and also as odds makers. The odds makers got the Twitter machine working back behind the wow. counter and have all the all the television monitors that we have on as we now see all the networks break in with this Russell Wilson news. Uh, deal is pending Russell Wilson's approval. Uh, that's still a caveat. I would expect that that is going to happen, that he is going to be a member of the Denver Broncos. And then all of a sudden you look at that Bronco offense, uh, 
Javante Williams, mm. Cortland Sutton. We'll see if Jerry Judy. There Got was rumor Jerry game. Judy might be out the door. Maybe not so much. Maybe he's wanting to uh, to uh, stick around. Tim Patrick, no offense. Mm. So all of a sudden, you got a little bit of dy- dynamic offense. You've got some playmakers to go along with the quarterback that can get them the football and make plays with his legs in his own right. So uh, Russell Wilson uh, doing the one two step into Denver. Uh, uh, his uh, his paramour uh, his paramour's uh, biggest hit. I will tell you this: this is stunning news to me. But again, this is why you should watch us each and every day. We're going to get you that information as soon as it gets out there for your betting dollar. But again, at the top of the show. We told you at 25 to 1, and Wes's point about Denver was still on the table. That's now off the table, literally just an hour and a half later. Okay, and we also said then that you really do, it's about the timing of the market. You knew that once Aaron Rodgers, the domino effect would begin. Well, this isn't over. By the way, Mike Williams just re signed uh, with the Chargers. Speaking of that young team, he's got a new three year deal there for Justin Herbert to keep him company. My goodness, when they do reprice this division, you know, it always goes through Kansas City, and I understand that's going to be true. But now you you don't have a one-team race. You don't have a two-team race. You don't have three, by the way, with mm-hmm. the Raiders, who were a playoff team last year. You have the best division in football now. You absolutely have the most competitive division now that you have four quarterbacks that I think you'd go to battle with any of them. Something just came across here that just made me laugh. Go to uh, Jerry Judy's Twitter, at Jerry Uh-oh. Judy, J-E-U-D-Y, by the way, on that last name. An hour ago, he had the little emoji with a little bit of frown and rolling his eyes. And then the tweet three minutes ago, oh, we lit with a fire uh, a fire icon and then a big smiley face here. So all in the, the span of one hour, uh, Jerry Judy, because there was rumors maybe he was going to be out of Denver. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Well, it's very interesting, too. And again, before you Rambackers out there, I hope you enjoy this chip because you earned it. But I saw Von Miller say, Bronco country, what up? Like, they're, this is what happens when you have Russell Wilson now going to Denver. By the way, he said that. Now, he might have had some inside information that we didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. But, boy, you add Von Miller back potentially to Denver. Okay, with that defense already as good as it is, if he does, in fact, come back. But this is what you're going to get. Jerry Jew wanted out an hour ago. No, 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 not anymore. Now people want to stay in Denver. So when you look at those numbers, take this into totality now. When you get a Russell Wilson, it's going to attract other guys that want to go play with Russell Wilson on that team, thinking they're not that far away from a championship. These uh, The uh, college basketball honks, uh, oh. which I am one of them, got to be furious today because this, this NFL news is going nonstop. And by the way, still some more players to be franchised here by the deadline, I believe, at 4 o'clock Eastern. So uh, might not be done with NFL news today. Absolutely stunning. We got you covered, and that's why we get it to you first right here in Visa. I'm going to get to get it to you all afternoon long. Wes, another fun ride here on the Lombardi Line. I want to thank Will Hill. I want to thank Tim Doyle for joining us on the program today. Wow. College basketball, NFL, it never stops. We got you covered on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. 